Jason. Yes, Tyler. I'm going to offer you $500,000 to buy a blue house from you. Do we have a contract? That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to the Utah Real Estate Show podcast, the show where two agents and a lender teach real estate best practices by talking through mistakes we've seen and made. Now, the great thing about the Utah purchase contract is it's voidable, which may sound like a bad thing, but this is actually a good thing. Why is it good to have a voidable contract? Any contingency creates an opportunity to void the contract. So a voidable contract is a good thing because it allows due process. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utah Real Estate Show. I'm Tyler Kazare, Utah Real Estate Agent. Jason Christiansen, Mortgage Lender. Eric West, Utah Real Estate Agent. Today we're going to be using a whole bunch of vocabulary because we are talking about what is a contract, what composes a contract, what are some of the words like voidable, uh, void, executory, executory executed, duress, misrepresentation, all of these. We're going to talk about all of these today. Um, and ultimately, this is an opportunity to ask uh, your real estate agent to see if they're qualified, right? To see if they understand all of these things. And the implications of it. And, and what it means if it's if it's not there. Like what if they write a contract that's voidable? Like that's probably, ah. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Or not. So let's talk about um, the elements that we just talked about. $500,000. Okay, yeah. For a blue house. For a blue house. There you go. Okay, that's those are the terms of the contract. I have the 500,000, you have the blue house. Okay, yes. that, that was, now we tied it up. Now, yeah, yeah we changed it up. My blue house. Yes. Now, okay, now we Not can a blue contract. house. Not a blue house. I will sign for Eric's blue house and take <laughs> your $500,000. And by doing that, we just made the contract voidable. But we'll talk about that in okay, a second. Okay, okay, okay. So, we have an offer. Yes, an offer. We have consideration. $500,000 is my consideration. I have blue house is mine. Right. It's been accepted. And then if we agree, we have acceptance. How do we, how do we say we agree? But this would work. In the state of Utah, if you're not a realtor, you can do, Utah recognizes verbal contracts. However, both parties have to agree that they agreed to something that they now disagree about. And then you gotta take that to court. It's yeah, a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. And so it's really hard to prove. Yeah, in writing. So in writing, I'm gonna write down, this is the thing for this much money, these are the parties involved, okay? And how do you prove that you accept that? With a signature. With a signature, very good. Oh. Um, but also, that's not enough because they need to be competent. They need to not be under duress. They need to not be misrepresented or have any undue influence. Yes. So let's talk about a couple of stories here. Okay, let's story this, time. This is a story good, time with Tyler. We love story time. I want to tell you a story about a real estate transaction that I heard about. I did not participate in this real estate transaction. Um, the transaction was for a commercial property. And when they went to do the final signing, the contract was already drafted and it just needed to be signed by one party. So the, the contract was presented, but it was not presented, you know, just hanging out at a desk. It was presented at a bar after the person who was supposed to sign had had a few drinks. They were imbibed. They were imbibing. <laughs> and uh, later, this individual complained that, man, I feel like I got taken advantage of because I signed this contract when I was drunk. Basically, I was drunk. And I wasn't able, like I signed this contract and now I feel like I'm bound to something that I may not have necessarily agreed to. Now this violates a, a tenant of contract law referred to as capacity or, or competency because he did not have the capacity at that moment to sign for that property. Right, just like if they have Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah, or if they, they're underage. 
as a whole, yeah, they, they don't have the capacity. They're not legal, right. right? So then you have avoidable contract by definition because you have one party that's bound. Yes. The party that presented the contract where they were sober and had all their capacity, they presented the contract. They are bound by that contract. And the person who was not, didn't have the capacity or the competency is not bound. Right. Now, there's, there's other ways to do this. So, such as... Um, you get some offers, you're selling your house, you get some offers, you get multiple offers. <clears throat> you're not sure which one you want to accept, but there's one that kind of stands out, um, but their acceptance deadline is yesterday, but you accept and send it back to them. Oh, wow. Now, like this. now you are legally bound. Yes. The buyers. You agreed to that, to those terms, but those terms are technically expired. You're saying I'm willing to bind myself to these. But the other party doesn't. So a good agent would say, yes, we're going to accept, but we're going to add an addendum updating the acceptance deadline to be inclusive of when we signed. So that's now both parties have signed under understanding terms. Well, assuming that the buyers sign that addendum right. and accept the contract, right? Now, the great thing about the Utah purchase contract is it's voidable, which may sound like a bad thing, but this is actually a good thing. Why is it good to have a voidable contract? Well, because it allows the one party to do due diligence and then to say, I don't like this, I'm voiding the contract. Right. I'm out. You, you've, got the, you've got seller disclosures. Mm -hmm. You have financing and appraisal deadlines. You have your due diligence to go and check everything that you just got on the seller's disclosures. Settlement. Do research yeah. on the paper, on the, on the property, your settlement deadlines all sorts of deadlines. You can void for any one of those, right? Mm -hmm. Any contingency creates an opportunity to void the contract. So a voidable contract is a good thing mm -hmm. because it allows due process. Right. So, executory. Okay, I love this phrase. It's not um, used enough. It's not used enough, opinion. yeah. It's I hard to say I don't like the phrase. <laughs> how, how do you say it, Eric? I, we're just not even gonna go there. <laughs> this is why, this is why my underwriter will ask for a fully executed contract, which we actually don't want this. Here's why, okay? So executed means it's completely finished. A fully executed contract um, is when both parties have fully They've completed agreed. everything that they agreed to do. And it's done. Yes. Typically, signing is allowed to be the executory date. Um, the executive. <laughs> this is why it's not used. Mm -hmm. Typically, signing is allowed to be the executed date, although technically it should be closing uh, uh -huh. because when all things have actually settled, the money has gone when back and forth when it's closed. When it's been executed. Then the full Tyler, have you cleaned your room? Yes, I've cleaned your room. Yes, there executed. you go. Now, Tyler, you need to clean your room. I will. I will. Executory. Executory. There you go. So executory means both parties have agreed, usually by signature, um, that something's about to happen. So we call that a valid contract, an enforceable contract, or an executory contract. It is not yet executed. Right. Right. There you go. So last couple of phrases that we want to kick in here and just make sure that we discuss them. What is duress? Sign this contract or I'm breaking your legs. That is duress. Sign this <laughs> Sign this contract, I'm breaking up with you. Sign this contract, I, there's all kinds of ways to yeah. do it. Or, or, or you're not getting your inheritance or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. When there is coercion involved, this is duress, okay? Mm -hmm. Duress makes a contract provision voidable. 
Mm-hmm. And so the person who presented the contract is bound by the contract. The person who is under duress is not bound by the contract, or or rather, they have the opportunity to avoid the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about misrepresentation? Let's say that we re- referred earlier to $500,000 to buy a blue house. Right. What if this is an out-of-state buyer? They come to see the blue house on the day before closing. Everything's done. They're ready to go. All they have to do is sign. They come, they look at the house, and the house is in fact when's green. What happens if they already signed? Voidable. Yeah. Because I've had, I say, clients sign never seeing the home because they're out oh, of state. And close on it? They close, and then oh. now they show up to their house because they couldn't get there. If it's closed, it. now you're going to have to challenge it in court. It's but that's a big problem. Yeah. In the contract, it said that I was buying Jason's blue house. Jason said, yes, you can have my blue house. So you would have. And then now you closed on a house, you show up, the house is not blue. Red, you, you have green. you now have avoidable defense in order to pursue yeah which I, you right. should still check on what you're buying before you buy it right. but yeah once again jason misrepresented his blue house right that was so I'm colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, so a misrepresentation that that gets into a whole other thing. It may not be a misrepresentation of Jason's colorblind, but the point is, if there is misrepresentation, there is a voidable defense mm-hmm. there. And then the final one is undue influence. Um, a little bit of story time for Eric right now. So this one is we actually see this one a lot um, in all sorts of spots within the contract. Um, I've seen it where you have an individual, let's say, we'll just pick on Jason since he has the blue house. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Um, we all know that one influence. in the neighborhood, you know, the blue house. Yeah. Uh, he's the only one on title. It's just his house. I want to buy it from him. But all of his kids. My kids don't like Eric. No. And it's so they keep price. saying, and I offer a fair price. I offer asking price. I offer mm. this. I offer all of these things. And you can't do it, Teddy. Do I don't that. like don't it. Do and they give them all of these reasons and all this stuff. Or, they talk them or into it. let's flop it because that we wouldn't have a contract. There'd be nothing to enforce. Yeah. But let's say instead. I offer you lower. Crooked. Yeah. And my kids are going to get a kickback from mm-hmm. you. Ooh. And they say, but do it, Daddy. You should do this. We can have all this. You do this. I sign away. Now I have undue influence. Yeah. If right. Eric didn't do it, my kids did it. And it this is a representation. It wasn't duress. This is a hard one sometimes to prove and to do things because sometimes you ask for opinions from people. You ask a lot. Well, this is where you need to be very careful on the person that you're asking their opinion. They are not the one buying the home. You are. You're the one that's under the contract. You're the one that is giving the consideration, the dollars or selling, either way. So when you go look at homes, are you gonna bring your entire posse of 30 people to give you approvals? If you do, make sure each one of them are on the contract to uh, buy the home (laughs) with you. Because their opinions will change drastically. I said that to uh, an individual who decided to bring several of her friends and I said, oh, these are great. You guys are all on the contract together? And they all stopped and looked at me and went, no, she is. I went, just remember that she's the one buying the house. Yeah. And they all went, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Mm. And the, the, it changed. Okay. So, what did we learn today? 
Well, my key takeaway is that contracts are complex instruments and you need to make sure you read that contract and understand what you're agreeing to. It's important to know the pieces that make it binding and what's required of the parties in that process. Remember that you need to work with somebody who understands all of these contracts, all of these terms, and know how to write it correctly for you. Jason, I'm really happy with my blue house. And I'm happy with my half million dollars. So if you want to feel like that, like this video, comment on it, and share it with your friends. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us a text at 801-228-7687. Make sure you mention the show. You can email us at theutahrealestateshow at gmail.com. You can watch this show on YouTube, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you learned something, or if you really love this show, give us a like on YouTube and drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Utah Real Estate Show is a production of Hive Collective at Presidio Real Estate with support from Security Home Mortgage. The NMLS number for Security Home Mortgage is 178787. The NMLS number for Jason Christiansen is 240472, Equal Housing Lender. Not only is this not legal or investment advice, but you should definitely talk to a pro before you make any real estate decision. Every situation is different and should be considered in context. Copyright Jason Christiansen, Eric Wist, and Tyler Kazare. All rights reserved. Talk to you next week. I'm so happy with my blue house. No, you like your $500,000, Your Honor. Okay. I'm so happy with my blue house. And I'm so happy with my half million. Take an opportunity to comment below, share this video with your friends. <laughs>